Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and I am here today talking to you about what is the best diet for brain performance. So let's get right into it. Now, there's a big problem in the study of nutrition science. Okay, most of the data is reported in terms of population averages and rarely reported with individual data. So what do I mean by that? As an example, did you know that if you put a group of people on a dietary regimen to lose weight, that some of them are going to actually instead gain weight despite being on the exact same diet as the people next to them? That's kind of weird, right? (laughs) And what gets reported in the media is that, you know, so-and-so diet leads to a 5% decrease in body weight over eight weeks. I'm just making this up, but let's say, you know, that's what's reported. Okay. But what you're not shown is that some people maybe lost 10% of their body weight. However, some people also gained 5%. And when you average out everybody, what you see is that there was a 5% decrease. And so that's what gets reported. And why is this? Why is it that people respond differently? Well, it's kind of self-explanatory, actually. We're not clones of one another who grew up in the exact same circumstances. And if we were, nutrition would be really easy and I'd be out of a job. (laughs) So let me review some of the major variables that actually influence your nutrition needs. Okay. The, The biggest one is probably just having different goals. Okay, so what works for weight loss is obviously not going to be the exact same thing that works for weight gain. And it's going to be different from pain management. And it's going to be different for, you know, uh, longevity or for mental health. So based off of what you want to prioritize, there's a different diet that can help you do those things. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you want mental performance because that's what we're talking about. The next thing is your age. Okay. 35-year-old female has very different needs than a teenager or than a 92-year-old grandpa, okay? (laughs) So uh, as you get older, different things change. When you're younger, you have all sorts of different hormones. When you're older, uh, your body starts breaking down. And so we have to take that into consideration. Next is your sex. Males and females have very different physiologies and metabolisms. And It's unfortunate, but the scientific field has honestly had a huge bias towards males. And there is a huge lack in quality data in females. Most females who are given nutrition advice, the advice that's given to them is just straight copied from male data. Okay. And I'll talk in another podcast about why females shouldn't be eating like males. Another reason might be your lifestyle. Okay, if you're a professional athlete training eight hours a day, that's going to be significantly different than, you know, a corporate business position or a student or, you know, anything else. Okay, so based off of what your daily activity is and your daily lifestyle, that's going to adjust what nutrition needs you have. Race, that's another one. And it's kind of overlooked. Not a lot of people like to talk about it. But as one example, I have pasty white skin, okay? I get sunburned if I walk across the street. Literally, this happened to me one time, 
all right? And there is no way for me to be outside long enough to get suitable vitamin D, okay? And on the opposite side, the darker your skin, the more time you need to be outside to get the same level of vitamin D. So that's just one example of how race might play a difference in someone's nutrient needs. The next thing is your genetics, which is a little bit related, but it's also, you know, a little different. And genetic differences play a big role in why two people may have a different outcome to the exact same diet. So every piece of you was made by following the, the blueprints laid out by your DNA. And it makes sense that different blueprints are going to need different materials, okay? And when I say materials, I mean your foodstuffs. And the last thing that's going to matter is you. And I'll talk in more detail about the you in one of the strategies that I'm going to outline in this podcast. But I just wanted to get you to start to appreciate how challenging it is to really answer the what diet is best question. Um, And like I said, I'd be a terrible person if I left you hanging. So I'm going to do my absolute best to deliver for you. So let's, let's get right into it. All right. The first strategy I want to highlight is to simply say, go listen to the podcast before this, (laughs) because I talk about all of the tips to get you started on nutrition fundamentals. Okay. And if you follow all of those rules, honestly, you're going to be checking a lot of the prerequisite boxes and they're called prerequisites for a reason. (laughs) So, uh, the, the second strategy that I want to highlight is looking to your ancestors. Okay. Humans are not an apex predator. So if you put us up against a giant crocodile or like a polar bear, we would lose 10 times out of 10. All right. Our unique ability comes from socialization and in our ability to adapt to unique circumstances. And we have figured out as humans to live literally everywhere on the planet, which is super cool. So we can live in the freezing Arctic. We can live in the jungle. We can live on sunny islands and deserts and mountains. You name it. All right. But colonization of those places was only possible because we figured out new ways to survive. We lived off of the local land. So we saw what food was available and we made it work. The vegan vegetarian crowd will sometimes, you know, erroneously state that our bodies are designed to only eat plants. And they'll look at our teeth and they'll say that we don't have big canines like other carnivores. And sure, they're not that big, but we still have them. Okay. And when you look at a human, uh, when you look at actually all of our anthropometric features, they're all smack in the middle between a true carnivore and a true herbivore. And so this is exactly what you would expect from an animal that survives by eating literally whatever it can get its hands on. And sure, there are some places where the food is mostly plants, but there are also places where that's mostly animals. And the fascinating part is that whenever we live in a spot long enough, we're going to adapt to the environment. We're going to optimize. All right. And as one example, everyone who is lactose tolerant in adulthood descends from an agricultural area in ancient Europe that relied on dairy for survival. Most of the human world and other mammals actually lose the ability to process lactose by adulthood. Okay, this is only a small subset of humans who have the ability to do this. And so, you know, returning to that question, what diet is best? And, you know, the strategy of looking to your ancestors, um, you know, to kind of summarize this, this point would be, you know, first, you want to look to see who your ancestors were. And then you want to look at the local food available to your ancestors. And then you want to eat that food. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, you can take it a step further by considering timing. And humans actually exhibit seasonal variations in their physiology and metabolisms, just like other animals. And and don't worry, I'll do some future podcasts on nutrient uh, timing and on chronobiology, because that's honestly one of my favorite topics. But here's what I want you to do with that information right now. I want you to start eating truly seasonally. Okay. We've been spoiled by preservation techniques and growing methods, you know, that let us have things like fruit all year round. Okay. Fruit is not meant to be eaten all year round. There's different times when it's meant to be grown, different times when it's meant to be harvested and different times when it's meant for us to be eaten. Okay. So if you are at all unsure about how to do that, literally just Google summer vegetables or whatever it is you're interested in and a huge list will pop up. Okay. And the other perk to this um, to eating seasonally is it's honestly cheaper. Okay. You pay a premium for out of season food. Now, if you had to pigeonhole me to saying what diet out there right now, you know, what branded diet plan out there right now is best for brain performance. And my answer to that would be the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet has been ranked consistently the number one for long-term cognitive health. And as I kind of briefly mentioned before, other diets are good for other things. But if you're looking for long-term cognitive health, Mediterranean diet is the number one undisputed. Okay. And so what is the Mediterranean diet? It's really hard to define actually, but it's largely a diet that consists of primarily fruits, vegetables, olive oil, legumes, nuts, whole grains, fish and other seafood, poultry, eggs, yogurt, and meat. And something that's interesting that doesn't really get highlighted about the Mediterranean diet is that they also regularly engage in periods of fasting. Okay. Now, if I had to kind of cherry pick out what I thought was unique about that diet that was specifically beneficial for brain health, I would have to say that it's because it's it's rich in fruits and vegetables, and it's also got a lot of healthy fats in there. Okay. And your brain is an incredibly fatty organ. Um, it sounds funny to say it, but the brain is actually a very fatty organ and all of your nerves, they're actually wrapped up in this fat sheath. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the sheath around a wire. Okay. Which helps with transmission of your neural signals. And this is made out of fat. Okay. And so healthy fats will help build up a better brain and also build up better transmission from your brain to the rest of your body. So rich in fruits and vegetables, lots of healthy fats. And there's also these periods of fasting, which are, are again, very interesting, but they also help maintain a healthy body weight, which definitely contributes to uh, mental performance, which, you know, I'll, I'll definitely touch on that in another podcast. Now, the last strategy, strategy number four, that I want to listen here um, for you know, uh, the best diet is it's all about you. Okay. And here's the most real answer to our question. (laughs) The best diet in the world is the one that you can stick to. Okay. You know, you better than anyone in the world and you need to be real about your situation. Okay. You're the only one who has stuck with you and your body for the rest of your life. All right. No matter how tight you get with someone else, you have to deal with yourself more than anybody. <laughs> and so your your situation, you know, what's your budget? How much time do you have to make food for yourself? What do you like to eat? Okay. Is it realistic for you to cut out your mom's, you know, fresh baked treats for the rest of your life? 
do you have any medical conditions that need to be considered? How social are you? Is that a big part of your culture? Um, how do you manage those kind of situations? All right. And an important point to remember is that you need to take things slow. All right. Crash diets lead to yo-yo dieting. And if you don't see yourself doing something long term, then honestly, don't bother doing it because here's what happens. All right. If you do a crash diet program and you're like, I only have to do this for a little bit. Well, once you're off the crash diet, then you're going to revert back to your old habits. And those old habits are what put you in the problem situation to begin with. Right. So unless you want a repeat of your same old mistakes, you need to find something that is a sustainable change. Okay, so if you can't see yourself doing something long term, then don't bother. And you need to find what works for you. All right. Experiment on yourself and have fun with it. I've seen people who've had amazing success on literally all kinds of diets from both plant and meat based to high carb, low carb. Everybody's different. Everybody responds differently. And here's something that I like to do with some of my clients. I like to show them several food lists broken up by category. So, you know, things like protein, carbs, healthy fats, fruits, vegetables, and each list contains all the foods I think that might help them with whatever their goal is. Okay. So for brain performance, that might be, you know, a bunch of staples in a Mediterranean diet. And from there, then my client will circle foods that they like to eat in each of those lists. And as long as there are a few items in every single category, we can build out some sort of menu and shopping list, um, both relatively easily. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Try it out yourself. Just Google healthy protein options or carbs or fat or whatever, just to get a good sense of the choices that liter you know, that exist out there. And then look at what interests you and then go buy it and actually eat it. <laughs> it, it's that simple. Um, I am a nutrition guinea pig myself. I have literally tried every single diet, every single supplement that you can think of. I have done it. Okay. And I keep detailed journals. I'm obsessed with this stuff. Okay. Um, I like to track my blood before and after. I like to track my workouts, my sleep, my mood, uh, my hunger levels, you name it. I track everything. And I think this gives me better clout with, you know, my, my clients uh, to do this, but it's also just fun for me. Um, I think so many people get scared about food and, you know, or trying to find the perfect thing, but you're never going to know what the perfect thing is until you actually go out and experiment on your own body. Okay. This is not like other hobbies where you can dump tens of thousands of dollars just to get the right gear to get set up. You can go spend dollars and go buy, you know, some broccoli or whatever it is that you want to try out. Um, it, it costs dollars and cents just to go try out a new nutrition strategy. Um, so it's cheap and it's setting you up for success in the long term. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this. All right. So to summarize, first, I want you to go and re-listen to last week's podcast if that's not you know already on the tip of your brain. Next, you need to look to your ancestors and copy them. Okay. This is going to give you the best direct route towards optimizing your brain performance around what's good for your genetics and your epigenetics. All right. Then I want you to eat seasonally. As a default pattern, follow the Mediterranean diet. Okay. As your default diet, follow the Mediterranean diet. And lastly, what you need to do is you need to find some kind of dietary program or pattern or, you know, food choices, whatever it is that works for your unique lifestyle. Because if it is not sustainable, it is not worth doing. All right. So I truly and sincerely, I want to hear what you thought. 
and what you're going to try after listening to this. So try something, try something out, you know, experiment with it, have some fun with it. Let me know how it goes. And please, if you do like this episode, uh, make sure you leave me a rating and a review and make sure that you subscribe because I really do have so much more in store for you. So thank you again, truly, and talk very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.